make sure that people understand the goals of the business and how what they do matters. Welcome to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. We're your hosts, Scott and Katie Mulchan, and we make it easy to start working on, not just in your landscaping business. We're a real couple that helped grow our family business to well over a million dollars in revenue. And now we help other landscaping business owners just like you to do the same. Are you ready to build your business? Let's get started. Before we get into today's show, a big thank you to our sponsor, Send Gym. If you want to get the lead you want and turn your current clients into raving fans, then you need to try Send Gym. They've created an exclusive offer just for our listeners. If you sign up today, you can get your first month for just $2. So if you haven't already, go to sendgym.io forward slash MDL, where you can get even more exclusive deals just for Million Dollar Landscaper podcast listeners. That's sendgym.io forward slash MDL and take advantage of these awesome deals today. Welcome back to the Millionaire Landscaper Podcast. Today, we have an amazing guest. Today, we're joined by Debbie Blanford of Blanford Consulting Services. Now, Debbie is a seasoned human resource professional with more than 25 years of experience. She's worked with employers in managing the full life cycle of an employee, which includes recruiting, hiring, onboarding, benefits, employee relations, including development, discipline, performance evaluation, and management. She's also dealt with employee management and much, much more. Needless to say, Debbie is an expert when it comes to her field. Welcome, Debbie. Appreciate you being on the show. Thanks so much for having me, Scott. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no, HR is very important. And sometimes it's a something that many landscapers don't really think about or consider, like even thinking that they need it, especially when they're smaller. So I'd love to hear some insights from you. So first off, do you mind sharing a little bit about yourself and you know, kind of how you got started? Sure, absolutely. Yeah, as you said, I I have about 25 years experience in human resources. I kind of always knew that I wanted to, in some way, be in social work or find a way to help people. And ultimately, I ended up doing it in business, helping people on the business side. So human resources is where I landed. And as you said, it runs the gamut as far as my my experience goes from hiring and firing to helping people, you know, run their business through managing employees and just, as I said, the whole gamut. I kind of pride myself on being able to help employers and employees find mutual outcomes to everyday work problems, if you will. And one thing I really like about your business is that you help the smaller businesses. You don't have to be a $10 million, $30 million company. You know, you help the smaller businesses. And I think that's so important because like I said, I, I feel a lot of landscapers just kind of put off the HR stuff. They don't think they need it. They don't see the benefits into it until a problem comes about. So that's what I, I appreciate you doing what you do. Yeah, absolutely. What's unfortunate, you know, in a small business is that lots of people wear lots of different hats. In a small business, there aren't individuals who are designated for specific things like human resources. And so it's hard to kind of keep up with all of the specifics, all of the laws, all of the things that you should really be paying attention to. So, you know, that's kind of what I have positioned myself to do is help those small employers really, number one, understand the things that they need to pay attention to and then help them implement those things. Now, as a smaller employer, what do you think 
something that we need to actually start looking at or first start looking to do for HR side. Yeah. So one of the most important things that you can do is have a good employee handbook as a base for your organization and your employees. That's kind of, if you will, the the contract, if you will, that we all kind of live by how you as an employer are going to work with the employee and how the employee is going to work with you. So ensuring that you have an employee handbook that is up to date with any rules or regulations, not only within your state, but federal regulations, as well as anything else that you want employees to know what is appropriate for them and what's not appropriate for them in the way that they go about doing work for you. I agree. The employee handbooks are so important. I I know it just helps bring like consistency throughout your business because I can say just for ourselves and our landscape business early on before we had one, my dad would treat one employee one way and then another employee a different way and they could be the same type of mistake and it would just cause issues. So bringing that employee handbook on was, was a huge help for us. Yeah. You make a really great point, Scott, because one of the quickest ways to lose in a court of law with an employee claim is for you to go to court with the employee being able to say, well, they treated that employee differently or gave that employee more than me or, you know, whether it's pay or benefits or time off or whatever it is, treating employees consistently is really the key. And when you have good policies in a handbook, that ensures that supervisors and managers know how to carry out those policies. Now, for those that do have the employee handbook, how often do you think that needs to get reviewed and looked over? You know, it really needs to be reviewed every year. And the reason I say every year is that laws, for the most part, federal laws don't change that frequently, but state laws can change frequently annually. And there's just so much, especially with the legalization of marijuana in so many different states. There is minimum wage that changes quite often. It's just a a plethora of things that are changing all the time. So they could actually come to you and you can help them out, write a handbook, or if they have one, you can review that. Is that correct? Absolutely. I have lots of folks that I work with to get them updated. There have been a few where I've started from scratch. They didn't have anything at all. We sit down and we talk about their business and we talk about what's important to them, what federal and state laws and maybe even local laws apply to them. And then we get something that's really workable for them. Now, I guess kind of stepping back a little bit, if a person or employer does not have a handbook, I mean, we talked about a few of the issues that could come up with the court of law and stuff. Does this happen more often than we think about, you know, where people going to court? Because I've heard some people say just in our community of saying that we're a small business, my employers aren't going to do that. Does it come up in court more often than what we know? So I'll answer this question by way of example, and that is I have a client who became my client because they are a small business. They have about 15 employees, and I actually met with them about over a year ago just to kind of, you know, talk to them about putting a handbook in place and some things that I thought I could do for them. And they said, you know, we're small. We don't really need that. Well, it turned out, this was about three months ago, it turned out that they had an employee who claimed that others in the workplace were discriminating against him and they didn't know what to do. And I said, well, what does your handbook say about how you're going to handle these things? And they said, oh, we don't have a handbook. A handbook should state how you're going to investigate a situation like that, what the complaint procedure is for an employee, and then how you're going to bring resolution to it. So 
to make answer that question in kind of a long sorted way. It's so important. This is like I tell me before the show that we have one in our millionaire academy and people I don't know if use it to the full capability and don't see the benefits of having it. This is why you know I really want to have a, a guest like you on that can share their knowledge of it. You know this is so important. So I appreciate that. Now in today's industry, you know I know it's not only in landscaping; it's all over a lot, a lot of contractors. But hiring people and finding people is so difficult right now. So, do you have any thoughts on that and how we should go about doing it? Not only from an HR perspective, just but just how to find people too. Sure. So yeah, I'll answer that question and then to follow it up, I think we should talk about you know really retaining people as well. So unfortunately, there's no magic especially right now, to um, hiring people, finding, you know, those people who are going to come into your organization and stay. But the first thing that you have to do is you have to really understand for yourself, why are you in business and what made you want to do this? And then find people who might have at least some of that same kind of spark or same kind of passion about what you do. You know, we can we can pay anyone 15 or 20 or $25 an hour to do something for a short period of time. But if we want people who are going to become part of our work family and part of our business and making it successful, we have to help them see what we see in the business. And there are a number of ways to go about that. You know, we have to get creative in number one, looking for people. And some of these things are going to sound really cliche, but We have to tell everyone that we know that we're looking for someone to come to work for our organization and what kind of person we're looking for, the values that we embody in our organization, and how that translates to the people that we want to hire. There's a lot of work in that. It takes some time to sit down and think through all of those things. But if you really want to hire people that will stay with you, those are the things that I would recommend, aside from the postings and the newspaper advertisements, if you will. What are your thoughts on having a job description and sharing to the, the new applicant? Is that Do you feel those are very important? I think it's extremely important. One of the things that employees want is they want to know what expectations are of them when they come on board. And the only way to do that, the, the way to start that is with a job description. And so that starts with the posting of the job or the placing of the ad, how you represent the position to the employee. Because if it turns out to be something totally different than what they expected, they won't stay. And those job descriptions will do more than just, you know, help you attract and retain people and set expectations. Those job descriptions will be helpful to you when you're fighting unemployment claims or when you're working with um, workers' comp claims or FMLA or all of those kinds of things. If you don't have good job descriptions in place, it's going to wreak havoc in those other areas as well. On the note of, of job descriptions, many smaller landscapers, they do a little bit of everything. They'll do mowing and landscaping and hardscaping, putting bricks and stuff in. Do you recommend laying all that out for everybody that they're going to do? Or do you recommend having like a separate, okay, for mowing, you're going to do this, landscaping, you're going to do this, bricks, you're going to do this. Any suggestions there? Yeah, I would maybe break it up into sections and maybe into seasons is a good way to break it up as well. You know, decide what's best for you and your business. And if you hire employees that are going to be doing all of those things, I would line it all out and say at any given time during um, your employment with us, you could be doing and then whatever the list is. And then be sure to include those things like the ability to 
interact with customers in a professional manner, not just being able to read the blueprints and work with the hardscaping. It's those soft skills as well. Now, since we kind of hired them, what are your suggestions on onboarding? Yeah. So when employees take a new job, it feels kind of cool. It feels like, wow, I got this job and here I am and this is exciting and the next thing for me. We need to make them feel welcome first and foremost. We need them to know that we're excited for them to be there. We need to be prepared for them to be there. You know, whether that's sitting down with the person who's going to do the employment paperwork with them. You know, again, some of these things are a little cliche, but they're so important. Make sure that whomever is meeting with that person is on time and ready to go and has a cup of coffee and a donut waiting for them. You know, treat them like your family. We have to be careful not to treat them like our family, but we want to treat them so that they become a part of this group and that they will stay. Yeah, I think that's very important. I even tell like our people in our academy, like, tell them where to park, where they're going to go, where you can go punch in the clock if you do that or if it's on an app or whatever it is, how you write it down, everything, mm-hmm. like every detail has to be outlined because like you said, they're new. They don't know what's going on. You have to tell them. Yeah, nothing's worse than getting to a new job and trying to have to wander around and figure out what you're supposed to do next or where you're supposed to be. And I couldn't agree more with you. You know, and if it's helpful, Make a checklist for each person who is to meet with that individual that day so that that person knows what we expect of them as either the supervisor, the office manager, whomever it is. And, you know, that first day can do so much in the way of making the person feel welcome and kind of solidifying that idea that now they are part of this organization. This aspect to me is very important because, again, this is reference to our business. We would hire somebody and we would just throw them out in the field and say, here you go. Here's the foreman or a crew leader. Yeah. Good luck. Hope the best. It didn't always work out that way. So I feel that onboarding is a huge, huge thing. Now, once we hired them and we've onboarded them, they're out working. What do we do to keep them? How do we retain those people? Yeah. So some of the same things that we talked about in enticing people to come to work for us Make sure that people understand the business. Make sure that they understand the goals of the business and how what they do matters. You know, nothing will erode the connection between employee and company quicker than if employees don't understand how they matter to the business. And, you know, sometimes that can get lost when we're doing our day-to-day and we've got loaded with projects, but we have to take time, whether that's on a monthly basis or a quarterly basis, stop and, you know, have team meetings or whatever it is with people and be clear with them and specific with them about how what they do matters. And regardless of our age, our gender, our profession, whatever it is, everyone wants to know that they're contributing and they're contributing in a positive way. And everyone wants a little bit of a pat on the back. Some need it more than others, And that's kind of a second point here. Really understand the employee and what it is that drives or motivates them. Some employees don't need that constant recognition. They just need to know, you know, periodically that they're going in the right direction and that things are good. Others need a lot of that. You know, some are motivated by sending them a pizza for lunch on Friday. Others, it's important for them for you to know that they have a family and that their family's important to them, or that they have pets and their pets are important to them. 
So whatever it is, you know, get to know people and understand what's important to them and talk to them about those things and make a connection with people. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with that more. That's one of the things that I think is lacking sometimes. We, they're workers, they're, they're just, they're out there, they're laborers or whatever they are, and we don't get down and personal. And I think once you start doing that, you start becoming, I mean, you can become friends if you want to, but you start developing mm-hmm. that relationship with them and they want to stay there because mm-hmm. they feel part of the family. And that's what honestly I think has helped us becoming the family. We'd have family picnics mm-hmm. and, you know, invite everybody over on a Saturday or Sunday, and then we all get together and play games and just do fun activities. And that, that was a huge help for us. The other thing too, I don't know if, I can't remember if you mentioned it, but letting them know where they can go to, you know, how they can progress in the business, I think was huge for us. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, most people want to be able to develop themselves and they want to strive for more and they want to know kind of what's on the horizon for them. So whether it is a change in title or just learning something new, the opportunity to shadow someone else who has a different skill than they do you know, take on a different project that they don't typically take on. You know, it can boost the confidence of an employee. It can make them feel really valued. And that, again, continues to solidify their commitment to the organization and their trust in you. I always tell our people too, like everybody's a little selfish in a way, you know, everybody wants to know what's in it for them. So you have to let them know, you know, Mm -hmm. how you feel about them and, you know, how they're doing a good job or if they need to change something, just be Mm -hmm. curious about it and tell them, okay, this is not the best way. Let's, let's try this. Let's try this other plan and and get their feedback on things. I think that's so important. That's just helped really keep our people. We've had people in our landscape business more than 10 years, multiple people doing that. And it just was a huge help to us growing our business. So it's one of the things I'd really recommend. Yeah. And asking people for their input to the point you made, asking people for their input really makes them feel valued. It makes them feel like, wow, you know, they believe in me enough and they see enough value in me to ask for my input in the business. It's a little funny, but we actually, I heard this from somebody else a long time ago, but it was have a what's dumb around here meeting. And this was really beneficial because when we started growing and you started getting out of the field more and, you know, working on our business, we weren't, didn't have the interaction with everything going out in the field. And so we didn't see everything. So when we start asking people, you know, what's dumb around here, you know, let us know. And so we can work on it because they might be griping behind your back. You don't know about it. Yeah. And that was a huge, sometimes big eye opener. We didn't realize some of the things are going on. And, you know, some of the stuff they were asked for would be kind of silly, like can't do that. But yeah. we at least hear their input. And I think that was a huge thing. I think that's great. I might rip that off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I stole it from somebody else. I don't remember who told me that, but it, it worked out well. That's great. You know, sometimes just yeah. having those really honest conversations with people. And if you can do it in a way that's fun, that's great. Friday morning for 15 minutes. All right. You know, we tell everybody the night before, here's what we're going to do come tomorrow morning and be prepared. We tried to like, okay, if you came with a problem, what's your solution for it? How would you go about fixing? And that too, like, again, you're just getting their input. Mm -hmm. That made them feel valued, I think. And to follow that up with, we heard you and we're going to implement these things or we can't implement these things and here's why. You know, even if you can't implement the things that they came to you with, telling them why, and that'll go so far with people so much farther than just not following up at all. Now, I guess kind of stepping back a little bit, I know we didn't talk about this, but you know, once you have the employee handbook, say for example, you have an, an issue with an employee, is there a procedure you kind of recommend for disciplining them, writing them up or verbal? What's your thoughts on that? 
I do recommend uh, progressive disciplinary action. And what progressive disciplinary action is, is that you kind of go through some steps. So you give the individual an opportunity to progress along the way. So if there's an issue, say it's performance, and you have a conversation with the individual as the first step, let them know what the issues are and give them some tips and pointers and maybe training if necessary as a way to improve. And then you make them aware if this doesn't approve, you know, we'll be talking about this again. And then a second step would be, you know, if there's been a period of a couple weeks, three weeks, four weeks where things haven't improved, a second step in that progressive disciplinary action would be a written warning. So this time you're sitting down with them again, you've written out what the problems are, you've kind of outlined um, how it can be rectified, you've asked them for their input about what they're going to do to make the changes. And then everybody signs the document. It goes in their personnel file. And then from there would be a final written warning in the same manner. And then from there, typically termination. And the reason to do progressive disciplinary action is twofold. Number one, we want employees to succeed. We want to give them every opportunity to improve. So a progressive disciplinary action gives them that. Number two, it minimizes risk for the employer. It helps you to document what the issues were, the actions that you took to help the employee improve, and whether or not they improved. And so if you do have some kind of employment claim from the employee that maybe they were terminated unfairly, you have documentation to show judge and jury as opposed to having to try to remember all the things that happened and what you did. That's a great point. I never thought about the forgetfulness of it. Yeah. If you, you know, you just don't think about it, if it's written down, it uh-huh. makes it easy to recall. It, yeah. It's a very good point. So do you have any other tips on, you know, anything we talked about today, uh, recruiting, hiring, retaining, anything you'd like to add or? You know, one thing that I think that we should not let go by the wayside is that we talked a little bit about employee development and, you know, employees typically are looking to learn new things. And it's hard sometimes, I think, especially maybe in your business where employees really are kind of doing the same thing day after day after day, you know, thinking about what it is that we can do to kind of break the monotony of what they're doing to keep them engaged in their roles. So there's you know, the idea of attracting, retaining, and then keeping them engaged. What kinds of things can we do to keep them engaged? So they're working for us, but are they really working for us? Are they doing their best? Are they putting their best foot forward in front of the customer? Are they doing their best work? So think about what you can do to keep employees engaged and You know, maybe that's half a day off on Fridays during the summer, or maybe that's a pizza on their birthday, or maybe it's a, you know, a skill that they want to learn or some other thing that we can get them involved in in the business to help them understand how valuable they are. I think that's sort of worth investigating if you really want to invest in your employees. That's a great point. I love the training idea and offering new opportunities to them. I can definitely see how that benefit because we would offer, you know, if you want to go to classes on how to become a hardscaper, how to cut the bricks and all that stuff, we would offer that to them. And I think that was a huge benefit. Now, looking back at it, I never really thought about it that way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, One thing that I saw recently, just to kind of give people a kind of some sunshine in their day is 
you know, food trucks are a big deal right now. You know, send a food truck to all the job sites on a particular day or, or one every Friday. I know it's hard to think of things sometimes that don't cost a lot of money, but if you can spend a little bit of money, understand what it is that will kind of light people up and do that. On that note of trying to keep the cost down, you start looking at the fact if you have to go find somebody, you're going to put money out for ads or you're going to spend the time training them. So that's costing you money in one way. So if you can spend a little bit of money here to save them, why wouldn't you do that? You know, I couldn't agree with you more. It's hard to put dollars and cents to the idea of the time that it takes to recruit and train. And so it's a little nebulous, if you will, but it's real. It really is. It's so important. And we do so much to try to get new customers and we're, you know, trying to keep our customers. We do the same thing for our team. It's so important. The same effort we put into getting customers, the same effort you need to put into uh, keeping your people and finding people for that matter. Very well said, Scott. Very well said. Debbie, I really appreciate you coming on here. This is fantastic. Huge amount of information here you shared with us. I really appreciate that. So if somebody wants to find a little bit more about you or look into hiring you, how can they go about that? Absolutely. So I can be found on Facebook, Blanford HR Consulting, um, Blanford Consulting Services. I have a webpage, Blanford HR Consulting as well, BlanfordHRConsulting.com. And certainly can um, even give me a telephone call at 618 618- Seven one nine four 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 one. And one thing I'll point out again, I think we need to be a little proactive on some of this stuff. So, you know, don't wait to the point you're getting in trouble. Be proactive and get out there, get your employee handbooks and get all that stuff laid out now. It's going to save you in the end. <laughs> Absolutely. It's unfortunately, I end up with a lot of clients who are kind of behind the eight ball, if you will. So you make a very good recommendation when you say get an employee handbook in place. It can minimize the risk. It helps everyone to know what they're responsible for. It ensures your policies and procedures are being administered across the board fairly and certainly helps employees to know what's expected of them. I guess one quick question on that note, is it better to have some kind of handbook than no handbook or it could either way get you in trouble? I think it's good to have some kind of handbook as opposed to no handbook. It's good to have some policies covered as opposed to no policies covered. So if you've got something in place, certainly you're better off than if you have nothing. But if it hasn't been reviewed in a long time or your gut is telling you that maybe you need to add some things to it, then I would say get on it. You heard it from her, everybody. Reach out to Debbie. You know, If you have any questions and not sure where to go, reach out to her. She can help get you set up with not only just an employee handbook, but every aspect of hiring, retaining, and everything with employees. So reach out to her. We'll have links in the show notes uh, in the comment section. So don't be afraid to reach out to her. Thanks, Debbie. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you, Scott. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. Just want to thank you again for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we do ask you for one quick favor. Could you please head over to iTunes and leave us a review? A five-star review is even better, but it helps us get our rankings up and help us spread our message. 